Hi, my name is Daniil and welcome to the Brain Shuffle podcast. This episode was recorded in our university's hallway, so please don't pay attention to the sound of the footsteps that sometimes appears throughout the conversation. sitting here in Moscow and uh, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, let's start over. The first part was shitty too. You think so? Yeah. Hi Frederic. How Hi, are Daniel. you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good too. Thank you. And uh, just introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Where are you from? What have you studied? Okay. So, um, I was born in the Netherlands. I spent there 14 years, and then I moved to Quebec City in Canada and uh, did my studies in international relations and languages at uh, Laval University. And what languages uh, did you study there? Uh, Well, I chose Arabic and Russian. Uh, as a language. Yeah. All right, that's where it gets interesting, because why, why these languages? Um, well, I thought that with Russian and Arabic, I cover quite a big territory, let's say, where these languages are either the first language or second. So for me, that was interesting, and I thought it would be a challenge as well. All right, and um, why, why did you decide to do international relations in the first place? Well, it took me a while to decide this. Actually, after I uh, finished college, I took a gap year where I worked full-time and I traveled uh, to think about it. But I went back to my first choice, international relations, because I just like um, well everything that is international related. Mm -hmm. I just like this sphere where you work with people from all places. So... For me, it just seemed the most logical uh, choice. Right, so like you're talking about international relations, more of um, like a relations between countries or more on like level of the people, you know, context between people from different countries, nations. What are you more interested in? Well, I think when it's your work or when it becomes your work, it goes hand in hand because if you want to work on an international level, you need to create those uh, international mm-hmm. relations on a smaller level. Uh, scale so they go hand in hand but uh, I think uh, if uh, I want like a big picture of what I would like to achieve in my career yes it's uh, of course um, between nations between Mm -hmm. states and you're aiming for for this level you want to uh, like work in the international relations yes I don't want to close any doors so for me for now it would be ideal to be working for any well power governmental organization or um, doesn't even need to be state mm-hmm. related uh, necessarily, but anything that is uh, yeah related to international relations. All right, and now we're sitting here in Moscow, and uh, w- what's the story behind it? How did you end up in Moscow? Well, that happened during my bachelor degree. So after a year of studying at Laval University, I had the choice to either do my second year. Um, in Quebec or do two semesters abroad with scholarship and you know the whole experience Mm -hmm. and um, I wanted to do this in a country where I could go to a Arabic uh, speaking university Uh, unfortunately my university only had agreements with um, a university in Istanbul and this seemed a bit strange to me because I thought you know 
other than the classes that will be in Arabic. Uh, as soon as I get out, it will mm -hmm. be Turkish, so I'll end up yeah, just... Not, not really what you were aiming for. I wouldn't really be practicing. And then because of um, politics and all that, uh, Canada chose to not, like help with visas and scholarships oh, for wow. yeah yeah because you would go it's dangerous somehow it, mm -hmm. it, yeah turkey uh, fell in that region of like red zone okay so then my teachers told me well you can always go to moscow and this seemed really interesting to me as well and uh after a lot of paperwork um, <laughs> i found out two months before leaving that i would indeed be able to go uh, to russia for a year and i did two semester semesters at ergegu Okay, and uh, just a little bit about this paperwork, because I guess it might be interesting for someone who's planning maybe to go to Russia. How how bad was it? Like, what were the the main problems for you to to secure this deal? <laughs> well, be prepared. <laughs> okay. Um, it's um, very confusing. Uh, I can't like give a step by step guide mm -hmm. because it keeps on changing every time and. Um, there's a lot of confusion, not only on Russia's administrative side, so not only Russian embassy, but also Canadian side. Okay. Like, I don't know if it's miscommunication or just... Like, just poor institutional work. Maybe, or... Um, yeah, and then at the university, they didn't really know either, like, how, you, how we should prepare documents. We didn't get, like, a guide, you should do this or that, so... Yeah, so nobody really knows what is going on. They're just like, yeah, you know yeah. what, figure out it yourself. Yes, yes, and I spoke to other students from Laval University about this, and they said maybe we should, you know, write something for the next uh, students. Generation. The next <laughs> generation. Yes, um, we finally didn't do it because it keeps on changing. So, um, But yeah. so it was so complicated that you had an idea to create a, a guide for uh, for next people to go from Quebec City to Russia, to Moscow? Yes. Well, it, it was mainly because we needed this invitation from our university, you know, from the hosting mm -hmm. university in Russia, and it didn't come until, like, really last minute. And so, actually, um, getting the visa to study abroad during my bachelor was the easiest part wow. of it, yes. But I didn't know it yet back then, but since I have been back here and I've been trying to get temporary residentship, I understand that um, it could be worse. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so Ergego, right? Well, what did you study there? Uh, we were supposed to follow classes that we could get credited in our Canadian mm -hmm. university. Uh, so some classes in Russian, uh, politics, anthropology, and so on. Mm, but that was only in the second half of the year, after having only Russian classes. So the first semester we had like intensive Russian classes mm -hmm. every day, and then the second semester we could do half half. Okay. And uh, what were your like the first Russian experience when you finally got there after all the paperwork? <laughs> well, uh, I realized that. Uh, I needed to learn Russian and really wow. quickly. <laughs> yes. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, what was your uh, level of Russian language before coming there? It was very low. Uh, so the Russian classes that are offered at Laval University, they're more of an introduction, actually. Mm -hmm. So you learn about the alphabet, some basic uh, sentences, you know, like, hello, where is the store, or whatever. Where, um, where is Canadian Embassy and all that? <laughs> help. <laughs> yes. Um, and the teachers, they're really lovely. It's a, a couple teaching at Laval University, and they're like telling a lot about the culture. 
And I think that most of the students in that class, they're just there because they want to know more about Russia. Because, you know, in North America, Russia is always depicted as something very, like a very mysterious place. Uh, we know a lot about Soviet times, but not mm -hmm. about now. Like, and life does go on here as well. And many don't know what is happening now. And Canadians are very much aware that uh, Western media depicts Russia sometimes, well, not it in its best light. Okay. And, and yeah, so people are aware of this and they would like to have an opinion of themselves. So I think most of the students in this class, they were just curious about Russia. And this was just a way to get in contact with, mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the couple who are uh, yeah. teaching, right? And uh, is it easy to find a Russian teacher in uh, Quebec City nowadays? No. Uh, in um, Canada, there are a lot of Russians and uh, Russian speakers. So there's a big Ukrainian community. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of people from Moldova, from uh, Kyrgyzstan and so on. But they mostly live in the West because, well, English. And then yeah. in Quebec, it's French. So um, we have more people from North uh, Africa, uh, well, from Africa overall, mm -hmm. and also uh, Spanish speakers. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, so not a lot of Russians. Yeah. Okay. All right. So back to Ergegu. What was like this experience? You got here and... Uh... Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it was well organized. You know, we had our a room at the dorm of mm -hmm. Shishitia. Uh, we could even work a little bit as a tutor at the university. We had our classes all, like we had to choose ourselves, of course, but we were given the choices. Um, and we were all like foreign students living together, so it wasn't scary or, mm -hmm. but um, as soon as you go to the store uh, or you take public transport, you notice that you don't understand anything and it becomes complicated to do the smallest things so uh, it's you know time to learn Russian <laughs> yeah. yeah and after this what was it half a year of uh, studying Russian like super intensively right yes and did it um, give you the amount of Russian the level of Russian that you needed for I don't know for day-to-day -day stuff well were you feeling more confident after this half of year well actually and I noticed this not only with me, but with my roommates and mm -hmm. other friends that stayed there for two semesters. The first half year, we, we didn't talk in Russian. It's like we were just listening and, and going to the classes and all that, but we weren't talking because it, it's like we weren't absorbing the language. And also, you're shy in the beginning. Yeah, of because, course. Yeah, and when you make a mistake and, and people laugh, you don't know what you said. So, yeah, so there's the language barrier, you're shy and so on. But... Um, after a half year, you kind of get annoyed that you can't like talk. Express yourself. Yes, <laughs> you know, and, and that you're stressed to go buy bread. So you just mm -hmm. like, push yourself, I guess. And also all the stuff you hear, uh, heard and absorbed, suddenly you start using yeah. it. Mm, so I'd say after the Christmas holidays and all mm -hmm. that, suddenly I started talking and I kind of like surprised myself. Wow. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it was a high level, but at least I could talk and I didn't care anymore if I was making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when you were uh, on this exchange year, it was you mostly hanging out with uh, other foreign students, right? Yes. You're just like this close community. Uh, or have you any like established any Russian contacts, you know, found, found some friends from Russia? Yes. Well, I talked about it later on with uh, some of these foreign students that I became friends with. And it's true that 
the danger of living in dorm with other foreigners because uh, we were put like all the foreigners were put in one dorm and mm -hmm. the Russians in another one it's well, that that's segregation right here <laughs> yeah <laughs> injustice yeah but okay nobody do it because I mean you create these amazing friendships and you have the this you know you can help out each other and um, but uh, on the other hand, it was a pity because we didn't have a lot of contact, mm -hmm. and the contact we did have were mostly Russians that wanted to practice their English or yeah. whatever language you can speak with you, so they would speak to you in your language. And yeah, so um, I'd say the the first friends, like Russian friends that I uh, made in um, in Russia, were either through like little jobs of tutoring. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mostly foreign years actually. Okay, after uh, this year in Russia, you're uh, getting back to to Quebec City to finish your education there. Yes. So then I finished, but I didn't want to go, go back to Quebec right away because mm -hmm. I actually really enjoyed it uh, in Moscow. So I tried to get my visa prolongated for mm -hmm. a few months more and then after that uh, I had to really go back to Quebec because the new semester was starting okay. there. So you spend uh, extra summer here in Moscow or something like yes, this? Yes, okay. and this was thanks to Ergegio they mm -hmm. allowed like mm -hmm. they you know they wrote me an invitation again for the summer and yeah but then I went back to Quebec and I had to do two more semesters to finish my bachelor degree. So one more year right you have three years yeah. bachelor okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then for personal reasons, but also because uh, I really enjoyed studying here and I felt like I wanted to go back, really. Um, I wanted to go back for a master degree. Mm -hmm. I always knew I wanted to do a master degree because my bachelor degree is really vague. Yeah. I had the impression that I had a lot of subjects from different faculties, a bit of geography, a bit of politics, a bit of anthropology, but nothing really concrete, and I didn't feel like I had anything to offer to an mm -hmm. employer. So um, I knew that I wanted to do a master. And then through Russatrunichstva, uh, I applied, and uh, they choose eight Canadians per year that can study uh, for free. Oh, wow. Yes, and then you choose five universities, but they have to be in different regions. So, um, Like from different parts of universities in different parts yeah. of Russia? Wow. Yeah, then I put HSC, of course, as a first choice, and wow. then... Uh, hmm? uh, why, of course, as a first choice? Well, because I looked at the programs and I found it uh, really interesting and I wanted to be in Moscow. Oh, so. yeah, makes, makes sense. So it was the only uh, option in Moscow? It was not the only one. I could have gone back to Ergegiu, but... Um, but, yeah, yeah, I see I see the reasoning here. You can yeah. just experience something. Yeah, something I wanted uh, something new and this university, like, I read about it and it, there were good rates, so I thought, yeah, I'll try here. And I really liked the program. And I applied, I think, in St. Petersburg. And then my fifth choice, like, I didn't know what to choose anymore, so it was something <laughs> somewhere in, like, Ulan Ude. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, if, you know, if it's number five, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it'll be destiny. I'll have to go there. But luckily, <laughs> I got chosen uh, by HSC. And um, after a year, I could go back. But then again, it was a lot of trouble with paperwork because mm -hmm. I had to legalize my diploma. Mm, I had to legalize... So legalize the diploma from Quebec yeah. in, in Russia, right? Yes, because okay. it, it's actually a sort of... Um, like you have to fight to get that place. You mm -hmm. know, they give you a limit, of, uh, like a, a deadline. Hand in this by that date, mm -hmm. hand in that. And then sometimes you get to know it like a few days before the... Oh yeah. yeah. 
So I had to translate everything, then get it notarized, then I had to go to Ottawa, which is not that close to Quebec City. It was a good six-hour drive, and then you have to go to the Department of Trade of Canada. Um, then seemed to be mistakes done by my notary, of course, so you need to find quickly another one in Ottawa because you have an appointment at the embassy, and then they don't understand, so they refuse your papers. Uh, you really wanted to get in Russia. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> I don't like to give up, but it's just that after some point, you're you're too far in it yeah, to, to to drop it. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, and now you are studying international relations, also. Yes. Uh, uh, tell us something about uh, your program. Is it like Russian language, English language? Uh, what do you focusing on? Most what are you focusing on? The most um, classes we had were in uh, Russian, and we had some in English mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but yeah. Good balance, and um, I decided because we could choose a European, we could choose a European profile or Asian, and I chose Asian because, um, well, during my bachelor degree we did talk a lot about Europe and North America, mm -hmm. so I wanted to like diversify yeah. a bit. Uh, didn't know a lot about Asia or Russian politics from Russian perspective, not. Yeah. Foreign perspectives. And how do you like the the quality of education here in general? Um, I like it. I think it's it's. Um, I think the teachers we had are very um, qualified because mm -hmm. they're all experts in their field. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, what <laughs> when it comes to organization, administration, uh -huh. uh, material, and all that, uh, maybe not that excellent, but. Uh, the content, let's say, and the teachers themselves, uh, yeah, I think all right. really good. Uh, two full years of masters in Russia, living in a whole Russian environment, was it difficult from the beginning, or uh, yeah. or you had some troubles of like reintegrating, I'd say, because the first year you already spent here? Yes, I think the second time I came here was harder than the first time. The first time I came with a friend uh, mm -hmm. that I already knew for a few years, so it kind of felt more like a trip, and honestly... Adventure. Yes, it felt like an adventure, and like I think most exchange students can agree that you don't do that much during your exchange year. You learn a lot because you visit a lot of stuff and you meet so many people, and it's probably the year you will learn the most, but, you know, you're not... How to say this? It's not... Like it comes to you naturally, mm -hmm. so it, it was just like a really fun year and um, like an adventure, and you're not alone because all the other exchange students are just as lost as you, and it becomes yeah. kind of funny and it's not that frustrating. But then when I came back, suddenly you know I don't live surrounded by foreigners anymore, and so I moved actually to Ljubljana. All right. Yeah, and I mean it's very like, we're different. It's very Russian. Like, there are no foreign... Well. So, yeah, for our listeners who don't know what Liberty is, it's like a small town in uh, Moscow region, which is uh, not really far from Moscow. It's, what, like 20 minutes on Elektrichka? The on 10 the train, minutes, 10 yeah. minutes on a train. So, but, yeah, it's, it's, it feels different from Moscow, I'd say. Yes, then suddenly it's, you need to kind of figure it out by yourself and you really don't feel like that international anymore but like you're in Russia and yeah now you're a yeah. foreigner in Russia you're mm -hmm. not like 
international delegation, you know. Yes, and then I thought, well, I knew it, this would happen, of course, because, I mean, like, I, I knew it, but uh, still, I, I thought, oof, uh, okay, I need to readapt. It's not going to be the same as my exchange year. After a few months, I readapted and I got to, like, enjoy the experience. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about this adaptation. What do you mean exactly by this? So it is a language or getting used to some uh, habits, of, uh, rules of, <laughs> of society here. What, what exactly you needed to adapt to? What was different? Well, the, the first thing you're confronted to is like the very basic thing that wherever you move to, you know, it's like finding a place to live, finding mm -hmm. a place where you're going to do your groceries, how do you get home, like everything, just figuring out the basic stuff. So then, okay, I go through that. Then after that, it was just really getting used to the pace here because it's a huge city and... I hear often that Russians think that foreigners think, oh, you know, Russians don't smile a lot and all that. Uh, I think most of foreigners understand that it's not Russians that don't smile a lot, it's just people in Moscow mm -hmm. because it's a big city and Quebec City is very, it's like a big village, so uh, it's very calm. There's not a lot of stress and not a lot of traffic, not a lot of people. So when you come here, it's very overwhelming and you kind of feel tired at the end of every day just because you... I don't know. You yeah, this, like, pressure. I yeah. So now I had to get used to the pace of the city. And I think it's only after a half year or so that you start feeling the confrontation with cultural differences. Because then you have, like, time to reflect upon this. Yeah, and uh, yeah. could you, like, elaborate on these cultural differences? What what were was, like, the, the strangest, maybe, for you? When you start mm -hmm. noticing that, yeah, this is super different. Why are they like this? I'm trying to think because there's nothing that really shocked me mm -hmm. about Russians. I mean, there are little differences just in the way of talking or interacting with each other that uh, if you just, you know, take your time to understand that mm -hmm. this is the way it happens here and it doesn't mean anything or it's interpreted differently. No, I think Russian people overall are very... Um, attaching people mm -hmm. it takes some time to get to know them and then once you get close to them they're people that you can get very attached to they're very you you can you know trust them you can uh -huh. rely on them and all that so i think they're good people really and like everywhere you have less good people but, <laughs> but i mean there's nothing that really shocked me about uh, right. russians no and uh, so now you're living here for almost two years. Yes. Well, all well, together it will be three years. Yeah. Do you have a lot of Russian friends? Well, Daniel, I got married to one. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> I do have contacts, yes. Okay. okay. We'll um, talk about this a little bit later, I guess. Well, um, yes, I made some good friends. Uh, I yeah, why I'm asking is that, like, you've spent 14 years in the Netherlands, eight years in uh, Canada and now you have uh, made some friends here in Russia. Is it like different in terms of friendship? Like, uh, do you communicate somewhat differently? Or, I don't know, friends are friends whenever you are, wherever you are. Yes, the communication with my, well, between me and my friends in the Netherlands and in Canada and here in Russia are different. Let's say the shape or the form, like how, how it looks mm -hmm. may be different. 
um, but if you go to the core of it, no, it's, it's the same. Like, uh, if I have problems or I just want to talk, my friends, whether they're from Netherlands, Canada or Russia, they will be there for me. Yeah. And if they need me, I'll be there for them. So really the core of the relation is, is exactly the same. People are not that different. It's just the way that they express it that... Yeah, you just gotta, gotta get through this, like, the, the kind of barrier, right? Okay, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about these personal reasons that you mentioned before, and yeah. now you mentioned that you got married a couple, what, couple of months ago now, right? Yes. So, yeah, the, these personal reasons, uh, uh, do you feel comfortable speaking about it? Or? Yes, of course. All right, so could you please elaborate on those personal reasons of going back to Russia? Yeah, so we um, we met during my uh, year, first year in mm -hmm. Russia, and uh, when I went back, well, we both traveled back and forth uh, to see each other, and um, so very romantic. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but it is one of the main reasons why I came back, but not the main reason mm -hmm. because there were. Options, options yeah, yeah that he could have gone to Canada or we could have gone together somewhere else so um, yeah it was not like this would be the only solution mm -hmm. to uh, to being together but yeah and um, how to explain this I mean it when I was back in Canada you know the long distance and all that it's of course very difficult but uh, we were determined to find yeah. a solution and um, so here we are now, we live together, in married, liberty. yeah, <laughs> well, because he works um, outside yeah. of Moscow, so it's in between. Right, so in the end it wasn't just you all alone in Liberty, for some reason you have, you had your boyfriend yes. with you who, uh, was it, I'm pretty sure it was like a great help, but uh, yes. yeah, could you describe it more maybe? Yes, it was really a tremendous uh, help, of course, um, because, well, everything that was language-related mm -hmm. in the beginning, mm, you know, I had help. Um, so, no, it, it really did help a lot. Um, and he was there a lot in the beginning, too, to help me readapt. Um, but nevertheless, um, you have to figure it out on your own because he has to work, too, and, you know, he can't be there 24 hours uh, yes. a day. Yeah. And uh, getting married in Russia, uh, it just sounds kind of interesting, you know? So so you went to ZAGS, right? Uh, got it all done from uh, from bureaucratic point of view, so you are married officially. And uh, now what, you uh, you have permission, how is it called, like permission to live in Russia without mm. visas or not yet? How, how does this work? Well, that, that's when... <laughs> I realized that getting the visa for Ergegu was actually very easy. <laughs> um, yeah, because, uh, well, we got married and we thought um, this would also help to get um, RVP, so like temporary, temporary uh, residentship. Mm -hmm. uh, this lasts about three years, uh, RVP. And meanwhile, you can apply for, um, well, how do you call that? Like yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we thought, okay, because you, you need a reason to, to stay here. Even if you apply for RVP and all your documents are all right, but you don't have a reason to stay like family or a job or whatever, then they'll say, we won't give it to you. Mm. So yeah, we thought it would be easier because now we had a concrete reason to give them and all the papers were in order, but no, it wasn't. 
well, again, you need to get everything legalized. And this was our problem because Canada didn't sign the Hague Convention. So contrary to Europeans, since I was applying with my Canadian mm -hmm. passport and not the Dutch one, I cannot get my documents legalized at the uh, Canadian embassy. So I think there are only two, maybe I'm mistaken, but like only two countries who didn't sign it, Canada and China, probably wow. others too. But yeah, so that means you have to get everything legalized in your country and not at the embassy. So, okay, I write the embassy, they tell me this, and they say, uh, if you can't go to Canada yourself, then you can do it through an agency, which I did. And of course, you know, it's very expensive just to get a few stamps. And then Canada doesn't, um, you know, since there's... Um, no signature on the document or something like that. They cannot legalize the original, so they have to legalize a, a notarized copy. So this was all about my um, police certificate mm -hmm. that guarantees that I have no criminal record. So it was uh, posted to me from Canada. I had to post it back to the agency. You pay large amounts. Then I got it back. Then the copy was legalized, not the original. Uh -huh. So then we go to Sakharova because the migration center is, you know... So it's outside uh, Moscow also. Yes. It used to be apparently, like every document that you needed, you could get it in some building somewhere in Moscow and they would mm -hmm. be in different places all uh, around the city. And now they decided to put everything in one building so you can get your medical uh, check there, your um, language test, history test and all uh -huh. that. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a good three-hour drive. My God. Yes. Half a drive to Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> if only I knew back then, I wouldn't have complained. But, yeah, it, it's a good drive, and um, you can't do everything on one day. You, can, you have to come once to make an appointment, and then go back another day to go to that appointment. And then if it gets refused, you need to come back on another day. You can't get it done and then go back directly. It sounds like bureaucratic hell. Yes, exactly. It's a nightmare. You and how, uh, how much time did it... So now you're done, right? Yes. And you're, uh, all the documents secured, so you'll get your uh, RVP soon. Well, actually, uh, my documents got accepted yesterday. Congrats. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> I have my life back now. <laughs> yes. It took... Um, Two months to Two get, months. yeah, but that's because we really, let's say we pushed it really, like we were only working on that, thinking about that and trying to get it done as fast as possible and asking help from people on forums, mm -hmm. how they did it. So uh, if, if you are a foreigner that you don't know where to get your help or you don't know how to do it, it can take a long time. So you need to do it in advance because it takes uh, six months to get mm -hmm. it done. So now, yeah, it got accepted finally. Uh, we had to speak to the director there to get my police certificate mm -hmm. accepted because they said they didn't do it correctly. Then in January, they changed the laws, so we had to change So <laughs> it was like stuff. a half of your way. You were already done with some documents, and uh, on the Russian side, there's a law changed, and now you got to redo stuff? Yes. Yes. My God. Mm, it came from both sides. Like the Russians, I, they would change the law, or then they would say, mm, we don't recognize this and that. And then the fact that you have to go back for everything you do to Sakharova every time, this made it difficult. And then from the Canadian side, the fact that you can't legalize your documents at an embassy like mm -hmm. most countries allow. And also, somehow, it, it seems that Canada doesn't 
every time I have to do with Russia and, and documents and all that, they, they're very confused. <laughs> and I have to explain it to them, or they don't know, or... In Canada, on the level of bureaucracy, is it's not any better than Russia. It's all right, but why uh, did you decide to apply with a Canadian passport? Or you didn't think about it back then, you're like, oh, whatever, mm -hmm. i just use one of my passports. Um, well, I decided this because of many factors. First, because most of my Russian visas, they're in my Canadian mm -hmm. passport since I came with the Canadian Oh, university. yeah, makes yeah. sense. So I thought, okay, since my whole history of, you know... Russianness. Yeah, it's <laughs> Russianness is in the Canadian passport, I might as well keep it, like, constant, otherwise they'll ask questions about the other one. And then the second one was because I have an Iranian visa in my Dutch <laughs> passport, and I thought, you know, I always get trouble when I use this passport, and... And yeah, somewhere. well, it was safer, probably. I, I get stopped, and like, what did you do there? And and then I knew that this would be a lengthy process, so I thought maybe... You know, It'll be faster with Canadian one, right? I thought. <laughs> maybe not. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so apparently your plans for, like, upcoming some years that you'll stay in Russia, right? Yes. For now, this is the plan, uh, since I have hopefully in six months, uh, LVP, um, and maybe try to find a job. I think Moscow has more to offer on the international scene, well, actually, I'm pretty sure, than, than what? Quebec City. Probably. Quebec City is very provincial and so on. Then there's Ottawa, of course, but um, let's just say that international-related relation jobs okay. <laughs> in, in um, Canada don't spark me as much as here in Russia, that has a long history of international relations. That's true. And we don't have that in Canada. And uh, do you have any like ideas of what would you like to do here in Moscow? And the other question would be, how easy would it be uh, to you to get like a legal job? You know, because if I understand it correctly, like being a tutor, for example, it's not really a legal job in terms of like government legal. You just yeah. Uh, well, I don't pay taxes on yeah. what I earn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. Should I cut this? Um, maybe. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm, yeah. Well, tutoring. I mean, it's nice and it, it helped me, of course, while I was here. Uh, when you're native speaker, then you can get paid pretty well for teaching kids. And uh, I enjoy it too, but um, thanks to EdVP, I will be able to apply for jobs that give me more than 20, or is it 12 hours a week, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know exactly where I will apply. I will be starting soon, though, mm -hmm. but I don't know exactly when, because I have been thinking so much about EdVP and then finishing the master degree and all that, that I didn't really reflect upon this. But um, I will try everywhere <laughs> and just see <laughs> How? Who will give me a uh, opportunity? opportunity yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, one more thing that I wanted to uh, kind of discuss, just touch upon, is that um, many foreigners, or should I say, like many Russians, have this idea of when foreigners come to Russia and they face this Russian winter, you know, snow and uh, like min minus something uh, degrees. And we Russians always like, yeah, how do you like Russian winter? And this is like ongoing thing with, for example, me in my dorm. Yeah, there are some people from India and like, yeah, is that the first time you see snow? They're like, yeah, this is so strange. And then we had like minus 15, minus 20 last week or something. And they were like, 
this is too much and we're like yeah well welcome to Russia so is it different from Canadian point of view or not sneaky Daniel <laughs> <laughs> this is a sensitive point yes I <laughs> I get it asked really a lot like how do you find our winters mm, it's really cold and I mean okay yes it's cold I can feel it my face hurts <laughs> I know it's cold but in Quebec, I am used to minus 20, minus 40. We can even hit sometimes minus 50. And this is like south of Canada. So imagine in the north. Canada, everything that is nature, temperature, is um, exactly the same as in Russia, actually. Uh, there are some regions in Canada that are a little bit warmer. Mm -hmm. Well, warmer, I mean, you know, not like Sochi, but like Moscow, that region. But uh, there are regions that are just like Siberia, so uh, we're used to that cold. And um, Moscow temperature would be comparable to, um, let's say, Montreal city, perhaps. So, it, I mean, it's cold, I feel it, you know, <laughs> I'm not immune to it, but it can be colder. <laughs> so when people hear you with this, how do you like this winter, you just go like, it's okay, or I've seen, I've seen things that you have no idea, like... It depends on the day and how I feel. <laughs> I can get very irritated and then, you know, I say, you know, in Canada, yeah. it can be minus 40. I'm used to this. And then sometimes I just let it slide off. I'm like, yeah, what a cold wow. day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have snow here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. All right. So I would like you to rate your brush experience, even though I cannot call it like an experience anymore because it's like your life now, right? You are planning on... Uh, staying here for some time, uh, you have a Russian husband, you're living together, you almost uh, have this Vietnamese with permission to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. temporary. Yeah. yeah, temporary one. So it's not an experience, but you traveled a lot. You lived in two different, very different, I guess, countries for uh, most uh, part of, of your life. So how would you describe living here in Russia compared to the experience that you have and maybe could you rate your experiences? Yes, like, uh, I, I can rate it. It's a 10 on 10, of course. Oh, yes, thank yes. you very much. Mr. Putin, do you <laughs> Yeah, can I, can I have my documents? <laughs> 10 on 10. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely 10 on 10 because I think what made it uh, so unique is, of course, of course, the people. Because, like I said earlier, we're all very much the same if you go the core of your relations with people mm -hmm. but uh, Russian people have unique identity of course and um, I met a lot of very nice people who made this um, experience like not only interesting but really yeah really great and um, yeah the trips too I traveled a bit through Russia and I went to Vladivostok Vladikavkaz also wow okay um, and then, you know, like little cities like Nizhny yeah. Novgorod and all that. And just seeing this, these different ways of life, let's say, in, in the same country and how the Russian identity takes different shapes, mm -hmm. you know, because you're in contact with so many different um, cultures. It's a huge country. I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating, of course, uh, to be in a country that has so much history and such a rich and diverse identity so uh, definitely 10 on 10 all right and after almost three years even though with a short break uh living in russia having all uh 
all parts of this unique Russian experience in Lubertsy and Elektrichka and all that. <laughs> Do you still feel like it is a adventure or you are fully integrated and you're like, yeah, I just live here. That's that's how things are here. Or you still have this like a, a bit distant point of view, like why people do this? Or you're like, yeah, that's how we are here. Well, much less than in the beginning. In the beginning, it really felt like I was traveling mm-hmm. the whole time, even though I was like in one place and just visiting around, really, because then everything is new. And, I mean, everything would be an adventure. I'd take with other foreign students, you know, the train to go to some kind of little city. And, mm-hmm. and then it, it felt like like a real adventure. And now, you know, it, I don't see it really anymore. But uh, I'm only here three years. And I still sometimes get surprised by things. And, yeah, it just makes it exciting but I don't feel like I'm on vacation or traveling yeah. anymore I do feel at home I mean I still feel a foreigner I don't think you can become Russian no I, I will always be uh, well who I am so yeah of course so you, you do not lose what, what yeah. you are already. so it will always be um, a foreigner who lives in Russia <laughs> <laughs> well I th- first of all I think that if you're a foreigner that comes to live here you might be here 10 years or 20, you will always be perceived as a foreigner because the identity here is so strong and, like I said, so unique. But it doesn't mean that you can't feel at home or accepted. So I'm starting to to feel at home, really. You know, I have my favorite spots and all that, my my favorite places to be, uh, people to be with. So it feels like home, just as much as Canada or Holland can feel like home. What a beautiful thing to end our podcast with. Thank you very much, Frederick, for joining us today. Thank you. Good luck. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)